skies were clear blue and the sun shone warmly, though the wind also carried the crispness of the coming October. Lieutenant Etienne de Jonc stood outside the gates of the Bastille, awaiting the arrival of the new governor of the prison, an old musketeer by the name of Saint-Mars. At around three in the afternoon, the old man finally appeared, and he was accompanied by a rather strange-looking man. It was a prisoner, yeah, that much was clear. The man that Saint-Mars had brought with him was wearing a mask of black velvet. His identity was a complete mystery to both the outside world and the officers working inside the walls of the Bastille. Through a misinterpretation by Voltaire, this man became known in pop culture by a name that captures both the mystery and the terror that the sight of him would inspire. He was the man in the Iron Mask. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Certainly Strange. The story that I have for you today, I actually stumbled upon quite by accident. I was at a flea market and I just found a book and it was called like the, the most mysterious disappearances uh, in history and I thought, hey, this book could actually be quite helpful for my podcast. And so I bought it and the first story that I saw when I opened it at home was the story of the man in the iron mask. And I had heard about The Man in the Iron Mask before because I have read The Three Musketeers and I have seen the movie The Man in the Iron Mask and just somehow I have always thought that it was just a completely fictional character but apparently the not only this character but a lot of characters in The Three Musketeer books they are or have been real people, like uh, the, the cardinal was a real person, uh, D'Artagnan or D'Artagnan, he was a real person, and so also the man in the iron mask, and he is considered one of the most mysterious historical figures of all time. And I could not wait to delve deeper into this, because if there's a mystery, I want to find out what's what's going on there. So. Without any further ado, let's get into the story. It was the 1680s in France, the time of Louis XIV, also known as the Sun King, a rule under which France thrived into becoming the jewel of Europe, being one of the most powerful countries in the world when it came to military strength, but also being the epicenter of arts and fashion in Europe. But as they say, the brightest lights cast the darkest shadows. In a solitary cell in the Bastille sat a man, his face obscured by a deep black velvet mask. No one was allowed to know his identity or to know his face, and the man was never allowed to speak. What sort of man would be punished so cruelly? Who is this man and, perhaps more importantly, what sort of crime did he commit to inspire such a torturous punishment? The earliest surviving records of this masked prisoner date back to the 16th of July, 1669. King Louis XIV minister, the Marquis de Louvain, had sent a letter to the governor of the prison of Pinerol, a man by the name of Saint-Mars. Saint-Mars at this point was a man in his 40s, who used to be a musketeer under the command of D'Artagnan. 
or d'Artagnan. Though Saint-Myers had only been a governor of this prison for four years, he was given a very important task. Louvois informed Saint-Myers in his letter that a prisoner was due to arrive in the next month by the name Eustace d'Angers. Saint-Myers was to prepare a cell for this prisoner with multiple doors one closing upon the other, which were to prevent anyone from being able to hear a single sound coming from the cell. Saint-Mars was to be the only one to ever see the prisoner, and that was only once a day, when he was to provide him with food. If the prisoner was to attempt to speak, to say anything beyond his immediate needs, he should be killed. But, Louvois wrote, the prisoner should not need for much, since he was only a valet. Now, the prison where this man was held was not a regular prison. There were no common thieves or murderers in its cells. Instead, it was used for men who were considered an embarrassment to the state, and there were only a handful of prisoners within its walls at a time. Examples of other prisoners that Saint-Mars had held within the walls of this prison were an Italian diplomat who had double-crossed the French king over the purchase of an important fortress, a marquise who was charged with embezzling from the royal treasury, and another marquise who had gotten engaged with one of the king's cousins without his permission. What is interesting to note here is that all of the prisoners did something that offended Louis XIV personally, and also that all prisoners were royalty. It is therefore quite hard to believe that this new prisoner was nothing more than a simple valet. Compared to the other prisoners, who were always going around complaining or trying to escape or who simply just went mad, Zimmers noted that this new prisoner was a quiet man, who gave him no trouble at all. The prisoner remained there in the prison of Pinerol for 12 years until 1681. In that year, Zemmers was appointed as governor of the Exiles Fort, bringing the masked prisoner with him there. They remained there until 1687, when a gazette from the time mentions that a prisoner wearing a mask was transferred to the citadel of Saint-Marguerite a tiny Mediterranean island off the coast of Cannes, accompanied by Saint-Mars, who had been appointed the governor of the Fort Royal that was standing on that island. The unknown prisoner was transported to the island in a litter, and to ensure that no one would attempt to see or even speak to the prisoner during this journey, the prisoner was forced to be covered with a giant linen cloth. And it was during this journey that the first rumours spread about a prisoner wearing an iron mask. After having spent 11 years captured on the island, the prisoner was once again transported in 1698 to the prison that he would call his final home, the Bastille in Paris. They had much ground to cover and so they had to spend some nights on the road. Once they stayed at Saint-Mars' own castle, Le Château de Paltot, and the farmers that worked the lands of the castle, they remembered how Saint-Mars and the prisoner had meals together, with the prisoner always sitting with his back to the window. 
So to the question whether he truly was masked and whether this mask always remained on his face, the farmers could not answer. It is in the Bastille that the true, cruel circumstances of the man in the iron mask came to light. In 1711, King Louis XIV's sister-in-law, Elizabeth Charlotte, mentioned in a letter how the prisoner was always sighted by two musketeers who had been instructed to kill him if he was to ever remove his mask. In 2015, it also came to light that Saint-Mars had been less than sanely towards his prisoner. Apparently, he had taken most of the funds that had been made available for the comforts of the prisoner and he had put it in his own pocket. It was rumoured that the cell in the Bastille, where the man in the iron mask stayed, had nothing in it except for a sleeping mat. It is also said that forcing the prisoner to wear a mask had not been instructed at all, and that instead Saint-Mars had enforced this upon the prisoner himself to make himself look, well, cooler, more important, more mysterious. The mysterious prisoner died at the Bastille on the 19th of November, 1703. After his death, all the prisoner's belongings and clothing were burned and his cell walls were whitened to make sure that he could not leave any clue of his identity behind. But that did not stop people from creating their own theories. The prisoner would get recognition in 1717 when a writer called Voltaire stayed in the Bastille there, the writer most likely heard stories about the masked stranger from fellow prisoners. He described the unknown prisoner as of majestic height, young, of a graceful and noble figure. Voltaire further romanticized the prisoner by adding that his manners were refined and that he was served fine food and that he could play the guitar. Uh, he was also one of the first people to described the mask being made of iron instead of velvet, saying that the chin of the mask was composed of steel springs, which gave him liberty to eat with it on. He suggested that the man in the iron mask was none other than a brother of King Louis XIV, an idea that was further enlarged by Alexandre Dumas in his sequel to The Three Musketeers where he told the story of the twin brother of Louis XIV, who is forced to wear an iron mask and live his life in imprisonment in fear that his existence could cause rivalry for the throne of France. This is by far the most famous theory regarding the identity of the man in the iron mask, but it is certainly not the only one. But before we delve into the theories, First, a word from one of my friends over at the Booplot Network. Greetings, friends. Do you have a taste for the unknown? Are your days plagued with thoughts of the strange and morbid? Has your thirst to know about the world's most sadistic killers ever been quenched? If not, then I'm here to help. Join me on the Nightcap Nebula podcast, where I, your humble storyteller, take you on a glorious ride into the mysterious universal abyss. Learn why your neighbor might be harboring a really horrible secret, or if that conspiracy theory you thought was false turned out to be real. Whatever your dark desire, 
you'll find it here. Follow me on Instagram at the Nightcap Nebula Pod for updates to the show and listen anywhere you get your podcasts. Until then, be safe and stay curious. Now, back to your program. The theories as to whom the man in the iron mask could be are countless, but I have put together a list of the four most likely theories regarding the identity of the mystery prisoner. And usually I put these lists together uh, based on probability, but truly anyone could be the man in the iron mask. And so the order of the theories is quite random, and which you think is most likely, that is completely up to you. Of course, we start off with the most popular theory, and that is that the man in the iron mask is the twin brother of King Louis XIV. It was first theorised by Voltaire and ultimately made popular by Alexandre Dumas. And if you like this theory, the book was adapted onto the screen where none other than Leonardo DiCaprio plays the man in the iron mask. So if you are a bit of a fan of this theory, you should definitely go check that out. But has this theory any factual basis? In an essay named Le Masque de Fer by French novelist Marcel Pagnol, he writes that the man in the iron mask is indeed the younger twin brother of Louis XIV. He would have been hidden away out of fear that his existence might bring chaos and start a war for the throne. Because at the time, people believed that the second-born twin was actually the first to be conceived. So it would start this whole discussion as to whom would have the right to the throne, who is the actual oldest. Is it the first one to be born or the first one to be conceived? To prevent this from happening, the court decided to hide the second-born son away by putting him in a prison and putting a mask on his face so that no one would be able to see his likeness to the king. And it is actually true that there are many twins in the family line of the king. And so for many people, this is proof that it is likely that King Louis himself could be a twin. Still, historians think that this theory is absolutely ridiculous, since a lot of people would have been witness to the king's birth. Because that was like a whole social event. Like, I don't know, people were, were really weird back then when it came to royalty, they just watched things <laughs> that should be really private. Let me just put it that way. So a lot of people would have been witness to the Queen giving birth. But I personally think that it is completely stupid reason to disregard this entire theory for the reason that a lot of people should have known about it. Because the people who would have been witness to the birth, they belong to the inner circle of the court and they would do anything for the royals. And I, I believe, you know, they would be able to keep a secret for the right price, if you know what I mean. Um, I would actually not be surprised if they did such a drastic thing to prevent a potential conflict about the inheritance of the throne. Because King Louis had a younger brother, Philippe I, Duke of Orleans. And what they did with him to prevent any conflict about the inheritance on the, of the throne, any rivalry between the two brothers, he was raised as a girl. 
So his mother, she would address him as my little girl, and he was encouraged to dress up as a woman, and it was in later years also encouraged to have homosexual relationships, because they believed that his femininity just reduced any potential threat that he posed to his brother. Of course, there is a far stretch comparing putting a dress on a little boy with locking a child in a mask and imprisoning him for his entire life, but it is something, it is like proof to show that they are willing to make changes, quite drastic changes, just to ensure, you know, that everything goes smoothly. And, and as we have discussed in the episode about Glam's Castle, royalty is capable of doing really strange and really cruel things when it comes to this question of succession. So it would just not not entirely surprise me it's not a fictional idea that's actually what i'm um what i'm on about in this theory theory number two when rumors started to fly around about a man in a mask being the prisoner of louis the 14th the french happened to be at war with the dutch who came up with a theory about the identity of the prisoner namely that the masked prisoner was the king's real father, the lover of the queen mother, and that will make Louis illegitimate. And this is all propaganda, of course, but as a Dutch person myself, I thought it was worth repeating. The theory is strengthened by the fact that when Louis XIV was born, his parents had already been married for 14 years without any luck of giving birth to an heir. Previously, all babies had been stillborn, and the birth of Louis XIV was a miracle. Or was it scandal? The theory suggests that Cardinal Richelieu, the king's minister, had arranged for another man to become intimate with the queen. Cardinal Richelieu had thought this necessary because if King Louis XIII were to die without an heir, his brother would have become king, and he absolutely hated the cardinal. Again, this theory is entirely hypothetical, but it is rather interesting if you ask me. Another popular theory was that the man in the iron mask was one of Louis XIV's illegitimate sons. As you might notice, most of the people in France suspected that the man in the iron mask belonged to the royal family, because why else hide his face if his features would not reveal his identity and reveal some sort of scandal involving the royal family? The son that was suspected to be the man in the iron mask was Louis de Bourbon, Count of Fermandeau, the son of the Sun King himself and his mistress, Louise de la Valliere. He had been banished from court because he had belonged to a secret society of young homosexual aristocrats. And he was 15 at the time, and I personally think it's actually rather strange that he got banished for this, seeing that his uncle, you know, the king's brother, he was openly homosexual at this time, and no one seemed to really care about that, or even they even encouraged it. So it's really strange that Louis just decided to just completely banish his son, his own son from court, while he was 15. 
and Louis de Bourbon, he tried to regain his father's favour by joining the campaigns in Flanders, which at that time still was part of the Netherlands. It is said that in Flanders, on the 18th of November in 1683, at the age of 16, Louis died. That is not Louis the, the king, his, his son Louis. I know that it's getting really confusing, but trust me, it's just a lot of Louis. So that this is Louis, who is the son of Louis and his mistress Louise. Just hope that you're keeping notes about this. There will be a quiz later. How many Louis were there in the story? <laughs> but yeah, so this the son is said to have died on the 18th of November at the age of 16. But there are also people that speculate that he did not die at all and that he survived and was imprisoned by his father. The only question here is, of course, why? I don't know. The fourth and last theory that I shall tell you about is the most radical one. Because when you look into the many people who have been speculated to be the man in the iron mask, Nearly every single name that you will come across is that of an aristocrat. Perhaps it was a member of the royal family whose existence could bring scandal or conflict. Or perhaps it was a duke or a marquise or a count who double-crossed the king. But there is one theory that stands out from the rest, and this one theorizes that the man in the iron mask was not an aristocrat at all, but rather as the letter said, a simple valet. It is said in another letter that he, as a simple valet, was someone who saw something that he was not supposed to see and that the mask was to prevent him from speaking about it. In the book The Search for the Man in the Iron Mask, a historical detective story, the author determines that the man in the iron mask, who in one letter was identified as Doger, was a valet for the treasurer of Cardinal Mazarin, who was the principal minister of France during the early years of Louis XIV. And Mazarin was a very wealthy man, and it is said that his wealth had been stolen from the treasury, so he was embezzling from the treasury, and that the valet discovered this, and this would have resulted in his arrest. And I'm personally not a huge fan of this theory because, well, there are two reasons. One, the man in the iron mask was held at a prison where only aristocrats who double-crossed the king were held. And if the valet had truly revealed that this cardinal had been stealing from the king, he would not have been in this prison because he would not have double-crossed the king, he would have helped him. And second, if the man in the iron mask was a simple valet who saw something that he was not supposed to see, let's be honest, he would have been dead. He would have been killed. The royal family, or royal families, they are like mafia, especially in that time. If someone who was not of great importance, that did not belong to a very important family, if, if they did something or they saw something that what they were not supposed to see or they did something that they were not supposed to do, they are sleeping with the fishes. So, who do I think is most likely to be the man in the iron mask? I agree that it is most likely 
a member of the royal family. Because why else, you know, use that mask? And, and I actually, first I was leaning towards the theory that this could be the real father of Louis XIV. And that's not just me saying that because I'm Dutch. I actually do see a little sense in the fact that it took 14 years for an heir to be born and then suddenly there were two sons, you know, it was Louis and Philippe. And I just think, you know, it's possible that Louis XIII, he couldn't have children and instead an alternative route was chosen to secure an heir to the throne. Only trouble that I have with this theory is that around the time that the man in the iron mask died, which was in 1703, King Louis was already 65. Uh, so I don't know, if it was his father, he would have been a really old man. Uh, and otherwise, you know, the timeline just doesn't really add up. So if it isn't his father, I am going to stick with the theory that it could be his twin brother, the, the, the most famous theory of all. Because it makes more sense chronologically and also because of like the scandal and the conflict with the throne that he would pose. But what do you think? Can you solve the mystery of the man in the iron mask? Let me know in the comments on Instagram or send me a DM with all your theories. Just multiple. I want, I want a picture of you standing by like a whiteboard covered in insane writings and just red circles all around. I want you to put on your detective hat and solve this one. And thank you for listening to this episode of Certainly Strange. Uh, if you like this episode, please consider leaving behind a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can find a transcript of the episode on our website, certainlystrange.com, and then you can also find all the sources that I used in my research. And once again, thanks for listening. Bye.